This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And your genial co-host. <laughs> oh, like oh, oh, oh. Uh, Wait, careful, careful. Under, undergardener. Sue Chef Sue of Chef. the Garden. There we go. Frank Proctor. Nice to... Genial, uh, though. That's genial. Nice. Yes. Mm, where'd that come from? But I'll tell you something. What a gorgeous Saturday. I know. Beautiful day out there. I can just imagine people starting to put on their, their gloves, gloves to get out there. And you know why? With all that garden. rain, the weeds are growing faster than anything else. Oh, is that and, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure everybody's got geez. lots of weeding. And not to mention lawn mowing to do with all that rain. And today's gorgeous. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, d- did I mention it's a garden show? Oh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yep. AM 740, Welcome. live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Okay, let me give you the phone number so you can get a hold of Charlie and ask your question, okay? In Toronto, it's 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Remember our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And mm-hmm. if you're a first-time caller, please let me know. And that's the sound that you will receive, uh, your little wings. Okay. <laughs> so now, Charlie, you, can... you, whole... you gave yourself a whole bunch of homework last I know. Week, I'm you? glad you remembered that. Yeah. I just have been slaving all week. But here's a, two announcements first. <clears throat> Excuse me. Upcoming this week, the Lakefield Horticultural Society is... Um, Ha- sorry, is hosting an upcoming flower show. So we're at that time of year. Remember I said a lot of, there was garden tours and those will continue through the summer. But now the Hort Societies, of course, are all about showing their flowers. Soon and later they'll be showing vegetables. But right now it's flower show this June the 18th, 8 p.m. at the Marshland Centre in Lakefield. The show uh, typically focuses on roses, but there are many other flowers available at this time of year for everybody to enjoy. This includes uh, begonias, carnations, pansies, petunias, phlox, sweet peas, columbines, canterbury bells, and delphiniums. Admission is free. So if you want to see uh, some pretty uh, um, gorgeous flowers, get on down to the Lakefield Hort Society for 8 p.m. on the 18th. And speaking of flower shows, there's an exhibition of Cut Garden Roses and Floral Design, staged in the McQuestan Theatre at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, 680 Plains Road, West in Burlington. This rose show opens at 1.30 p.m. Everyone is welcome to exhibit, and there is an open class for the general public. There's a $3 fee. Uh, if Now, this is, sorry, next Saturday. You're going to say when. <laughs> next Saturday, 1.30 p.m. So it's basically next Saturday and Sunday. It is a competition. Everybody can compete, but of course, if you don't belong to the garden club, then you will you can only compete in the open class. And there's a three dollar fee per exhibitor, no matter. Well, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Vases are supplied, but you know this is Mm -hmm. very stringent rules. Like you got to know what you're doing. Bottom line, doors will be open for the public between one thirty and five on Saturday, and then on the Sunday from ten until four. 
at 3.30, the show roses are auctioned off. So uh, enjoy perhaps picking up some gorgeous roses or flowers to take home. No fee, no cost of admission other than RBG admission. Right. So if you're a member of RBG, Royal Botanical Gardens, it's all free. If you're not a member, you'll pay to get so onto the So there's reason grounds. enough to join right there. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, got it. Support your local. And uh, all right, homework. Let's go backwards to last week. Remember, we had um, Pat called from Grafton. She was talking about cherry trees that they had transplanted in last year. Right. And they're not thriving suddenly, defoliating, fruit dropping. <clears throat> I should have thought of this last week, and I once I st- thought about it after the show, I thought, you know, perhaps what's going on uh, never can be positive with, you know, diagnosing by radio. But um, cherry trees in general do not like wet feet. So, you know what that means. Right. They don't want to be ever planted in a low-lying area. They don't want to be in a soggy soil. They don't want to be in a situation where water collects. And perhaps that's what's happened. This year, of course, it's been an extremely wet year. And if perhaps those trees were transplanted mm-hmm. into a spot where water's collecting, that could be certainly contributing to defoliation and fruit drop. So always remember, cherry trees, well-drained soil, high spots in the yard, okay. uh, obviously lots of sun, no wet feet. Then we go down to Linda, who called about blue spruce that I believe it was her and her husband had planted 46 blue spruce into what turned out to be blue clay. Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember that too. And she said they're growing, but they're not growing up. They're growing out wide. Mm -hmm. So, and here's an opposite. Okay, it is possible. Now, this is, they. I forget when they planted these. It was in the last year or so, or maybe last few years anyway. It could be, see, clay is tough to, to garden in. It's, you know, when do you play with clay? When it's wet, you can cause damage to the structure. When it's dry, it's like concrete. And blue clay being even more extreme than any other clay. Um, now, it is possible that what's happened there, and it's the opposite of the cherry, is that not enough water has been available to those spruce trees and lack of water, like last year being Mm -hmm. such a hot, dry year, and maybe they had trouble irrigating 46 spruce. If the terminal leader, the top of the tree dies from lack of moisture at the root, then it goes out sideways. It goes sideways. Ah, And I'm wondering if that's what's happened. But again, that's the same thing that's happened to me. My God. (laughs) (laughs) So like I say, uh, hard to definitively diagnose via radio, but I think that that here's, you know, two stories with problem things going on in the plants. One is too much water, I believe, because cherries do like well-drained. So always remember that. Know what your soil structure is. Know what your garden is like. Make sure you choose plants that are likely to thrive in your soil and in your conditions. Very good, Charlie. Well, you know what? We have uh, callers waiting on the line just itching to talk to you. So, uh, oh, and I forgot to, James Patrick Dooley is our producer, so the first voice you will hear will be James himself, all right? We'll be back you in just a moment. You can't say his name no, without I can't. the I, accent. I cannot do it. James Patrick Dooley. Uh, all yes, right, back in just a James. moment here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Lee sous chef along for the ride, Frank Proctor. Well, hey, good morning, Friendly Karen. Genteel. Uh, pardon, uh, genteel. Friendly, genteel. Friendly, oh, and genteel. Genial. Genial. <laughs> genial. Whatever. Yeah, genteel. My well, God. My mistake. Karen, <laughs> Karen in Hamilton. Good morning. Morning. 
Good morning. How are you? Good morning, you? Uh, Charlie, and good morning, Frank. Good morning. Um, Charlie, I'm calling about my roses. Um, I have a beautiful David Austin rose bush that's just coming into bloom now. Mm-hmm. And when I go to pick the roses, if I pick them when they're still in bud and bring them in, uh, they bloom very well. Mm-hmm. But if I leave them a couple of days, I'll go out and find out that there's a big chunk that's been taken out of them. So half of the rose is, is there. And I'm just wondering uh, if you might have an idea what uh, what would be eating them. That's interesting. A chunk, like a chunk missing out of the flower. Exactly. It looks like somebody has taken a bite right at the base of the of the rose. Now, last year I had an infestation of I call them cabinet maker bugs because, and I know that's not the, that's not their proper name, but the uh, shell on these bugs is um, it, it looks like. Uh, that light-colored um, laminate flooring that has that, and that it, it's uh, very, very shiny. You know, such as a cabinet maker would do oh, when really? they're uh, that they, they're working on on fine wood. And they and were they're about the size of your small small finger. And there were all kinds of them in the garden. They didn't do any damage last year, but they always seemed to be crawling out of the roses. And I wondered if maybe they had been laying eggs, or um, and this would. The problem would be this year now. Wow, interesting. I the insect you're referring to isn't ringing a bell. The biggest beetle that causes the biggest problems are Japanese beetles, and they uh, do chew like crazy. Like you'll definitely see damage, and they will certainly hang out inside the bud or inside the flower. Just you know, as it's starting to open. They'll be inside chewing up the inside of the, the bud. Mm-hmm. So the insect you're referring to, shiny brown, no clear uh, damage caused by them, is interesting. I'm not sure exactly what insect that would be. Chunks missing out of a plant. I mean, we know earwigs will chew just about anything, but they tend to just chew the edges and make a, like a serrated edge on petals, mm-hmm. etc. Um, well, this is like a great big bite. And by the time I get there, there's nothing inside. They've moved on. They don't yeah. the rest of the rose, but they chew this big piece out of the side of the rose. Okay, so what I would be watching for right now, <clears throat> there's something called, um, I'm sorry, I was going to say leaf cutter bee. No, there's something called a saw, rose saw fly. But right now, they're not in the form of a fly. They have no wings yet. They're little tiny worms or larvae. They are mm-hmm. green, the exact same shade as the leaves. And what you'll, where you'll find them is along the edges of the leaves, right, perfectly camouflaged, uh, you know, running their little bodies just along the edge. And they'll chew, chew, chew and shrink the flower or the leaves back. They will, you will also find them on the buds. And they will certainly chew at the base and they will take chunks out over a period of the, the night, for example, like a 12-hour mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. overnight. That exactly yeah. <clears throat> you will have You will have... So what you got to do is go out there and just... You know, take a stool if necessary and sit down because you will see the insect if you just, it's like, you know, where's Waldo puzzle? The <laughs> insect is there. You just have to look. And it, and once you find them, then you can just pick them off and squish them. I, I can't wait to get the report from the neighbors who are watching you do all this and say, oh, oh God, she's talking to the plants again. given up long ago watching me. It's just too interesting. Yeah, gardeners are too wacky, yeah. right? You know, you get used to them. But it, but it, it, it's likely that's what's doing it. It's the ro- now, they, 
you can also use safe, like not necessarily safers, but you know, insecticidal soap will kill mm. the insect that larva. But it has to, you know, you have to contact the insect with the soap in mm-hmm. order to to kill it. But I find they're quite easy to pick. Once you yes, see I, one, I like that you'll see more. Much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an just, interesting just like challenge. What Frank thinks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> have a great day. I will do that. Okay. Thank Good you luck for your information. That. Okay, dog. Thank you. Love the show, by the way. Oh, thank Thank you you very much. Uh, That's Karen Hamilton. Now, there's a call in here from John. I don't know exactly where he's calling from, Mm. but he's going to talk or ask, I think, about a product we both tout here. So let's get him online and find out what's going on. Hey, uh, first of all, John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Morning. Good morning. Uh, Okay, so you were looking for some information. Yeah. Uh, where do you buy where do you buy that soap uh, for your aches and pains? Okay, so it's not soap, but there's a product that, for aches and pains, exactly. Something that <laughs> Frank and I use uh, to avoid aches and pains. It's a natural mineral supplement taken in, as a pill, uh, three pills a day, called Sierra Sill. Okay. So, so Sierra, like the Sierra Mountains. Right. And then Sill, S-I-L. Where are you located, John? Oshawa. Oshawa. In the- I, I check with the food, st- uh, the health food stores. Uh-huh. I check with the drug stores. Uh-huh. Nobody seems to know where you can buy it. Oh. Okay, I'm just looking because I do have a list that's not completely up to date to see if there's anything Oshawa-based. It tends to be all kind of Toronto, Thornhill, Guelph. All right, so what you should do is write this number down. Right. one eight seven seven one eight seven seven joint so j o i n t j o n no j o i oh j o i right n t n 14 and then 14 on the end. And then 14, so 1 4. So one, four. Frank is going to tell us the J. Can you see over there, Frank, yeah, or is it too I'm dark? To oh, not to worry. So, yeah. what? Yeah, go, can you do it? Uh, okay, it's 5. 5. Uh, five, five, oh. five. Wait a minute. Forget <laughs> it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's we'll four. get that sorted out. But you've, basically, if you look at your phone, of course, there are letters and numbers on all the buttons. So spell the word joint, J-O-I-N-T, and we're going to double-check what those numbers are, 14. Give them a call. They will mail you Sierra Sill, or they will tell you where you can buy it locally in the Oshawa area. Well, I appreciate area. that very much. Our pleasure, and good luck with that. We both yeah. have had good success with it. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, okay. John. Take care. Yeah. Yeah, Happy yeah. Father's Bye. Day. Thank you. <laughs> All the best to you, too. Um, I'll get to work and get that number. Yeah, probably. we'll get that sorted out. In the meantime, we should probably go and um Oh, yeah. Take, a little, the, uh, take a little break here. Take, yes, indeed. Because we have other folks waiting online. We do. Okay. Back with Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show from AM 740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, let's uh, have a word with Rose, who's calling in from Brampton. I think uh, Brighton, Rose is Brighton, 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 pardon me. Uh, I'm thinking of Brighton because there's a Proctor Theatre there, and I think we've spoken to Rose before. Let me check. Hello, Rose. Well, good morning, folks. How are you? Good morning. We're, We're great. Well. Yeah. Well, my yes, there is a, a barn theater in Proctor House. That's right. Museum. Yes. Um, what I'm calling about is my um, flowering almond was lovely again this year. Mm, now, mind good. you, it's an old, old uh, shrub or whatever. Mm. 
but all of a sudden everything on the one side has uh, is has just died and then there's little new green leaves coming out on here and there and and then my rose of sharon is doing the same now it's also an old you know tallish shrub which i should have trimmed but the east side of it is all coming out and the leaves finally, but the west side, it looks like that's all dead. What would be happening? Should I leave it? or? Hmm. <clears throat> I think what's happening, Rose, is too much moisture, too much oh. humidity, too much moisture, uh, too much cool weather, which right. leads to all kinds of fungal diseases. And what you're seeing is evidence of the fungal disease. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Well, in the case of the flowering almond, it is the right time now to prune it anyway because it has finished flowering, and we always prune our flowering shrubs right after they flower, if we can. So I would prune out anything that looks... Now, keep in mind that just because the leaves have shriveled up doesn't mean the plant is dead. So I wouldn't necessarily prune out every single branch that's got shriveled leaves, but I would Mm -hmm. certainly do some tip pruning, um, and I would clean up. And remember, good garden hygiene. When it comes to fungal diseases, the most important thing we do is we remove any plant material that is diseased from the property. We bag it, we get it off the property. And that way we try and minimize the spread of more spores if the weather continues. You know, if we don't get into some nice dry, sunny, windy days and we keep having cold, wet, you know, humid days, uh, we're going to really have to recognize how important it is to avoid, uh, you know, more spores Mm -hmm. reinfecting. So bottom line is I do some cleaning up. You put your gloves on, rake out the dead leaves, clean them up, tip prune at least the entire shrub. So you're taking the tips off, try and force some new growth. At the same time, it would be wise to shape the plant. With the Rose of Sharon, you... Best time to trim a Rosa Sharon was about a month ago, but it's still okay. I would still consider doing some trimming on that. And same thing, I would. They're so tough. Rose of Sharon, I'd be amazed if anything can knock, you know, kill a Rose of Sharon, really. Mm-hmm. But a flowering almond is a little more susceptible. It is a prunus species, or, you know, the cherry family. So it is obviously more susceptible to diseases, which can ultimately kill them. Mm-hmm. All right. Fertilize all your garden plants at least once in the spring. Yes. So make sure that, that you've done that. Right, uh, right. So a little TLC and a little, like I say, good garden hygiene, and I think you'll find if the weather improves, the, the plants will be fine. Right. Okay, thank All you. All right. Um, I, my garden, I'm, when I'm looking at, right, the poppies and peonies oh, and lupins are all out in the iris. It's just beautiful. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> thank you very much. I love your show. Thanks so much for sharing that vision with us. That's great. Thanks, Thanks. Rose. Thanks, yeah. Rose. Bye-bye. Peeking Bye-bye. out the window there in Brighton. Yeah. Nice to have, uh, have her join the show uh, once again. And, uh, you know, we have a special guest coming by here. And we- I'm wondering... Do and you know what? I just want to tell you who the special guest is. Please do, and also update you as to why she's back again. Uh, Her name is. Keep me, keep me in the loop. I know. I'm sorry. I just we get so busy. It's really hard for me to keep you completely on top of everything. But what you may not realize is that yesterday, June the 14th, was Canada's inaugural. um, What was it called? (laughs) Garden Day. Canada's. Did you know that? Yeah, well, you mentioned this last week, I think. I did, right? Oh, yep. all right. There you go. And you were listening. I was listening. <laughs> How strange listening. is that? All right, so yesterday <laughs> was Canada's inaugural Garden Day, and there was activities going on in public gardens and private gardens because, of course, the idea is to celebrate 
the public gardens and the private gardens across Canada. This was presented in partnership with the Canadian Garden Tourism Council and an irrigation product and service provider called Rainbird Corporation. So they're seeking to raise awareness about the importance of public and private gardens, the value of home gardening, and the benefits of green spaces and the promotion of environmental stewardship, which is all super important. Um, now, we are being joined again with Lorraine Flanagan. And you know what she has been doing the last few weeks since we last spoke to her is traveling. She started out in the West Coast and she's been traveling and visiting public gardens along the way via Via Rail because Via Rail is also sponsoring her and Garden Making Magazine is also sponsoring her because she's one of the writers for the magazine, contributing writer. So she's a busy woman. She's been blogging like crazy. Her Twitter has been tweeting and, and blinking at me. So thank you, Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine, are you there? Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Frank. How Hi. are you? I'm well. Boy, have you lucked onto a good little gig here, huh? Oh, my goodness. I have been having a fabulous time traveling across the country. Yeah, thanks um, for joining us. Starting in Victoria and making my way eastward. And so yesterday, to help to celebrate Canada's first Garden Day, I decided to go up to Thunder Bay because they have a wonderful new waterfront park there. So it's one of the newest uh, public uh, spaces that we have. So I thought, well, that would be ideal, an ideal way to, uh, to help celebrate Canada's Garden Day. And what was going on? Did they have some kind of ribbon-cutting thing going on at the new park, or has it already been uh, open? No, the, the park was actually um, opened for the first time last year. Uh-huh. Um, and so this is the second, they're going into their second summer. Mm-hmm. And there's something going on there all the time. Uh-huh. Um, the day, yesterday was actually a PA day for the kids, mm-hmm. so there's a huge splash um, <laughs> pond yeah. there and it was just full of kids just having fun um, in it, the water it was warm enough it was warm enough wow yeah, we're talking thunder yeah. bay yeah i'm surprised well, there's not the sun was shining <laughs> and um it was i think about 19 degrees and uh it was lovely it was a really fabulous visit oh that's great so okay so tell us now when we last spoke with you i think you were on your way to Bootchart gardens or van dusen one or the other you were heading off at the west coast and that was a few weeks ago so yes. give us some highlights on some of the cool things you've been seeing and doing well, um, I'm glad you mentioned Bouchard Gardens because that was my first stop. And when I was there, they actually took me back into the greenhouses to work with Dave, who is the greenhouse manager. Uh-huh. And he taught me how they make those wonderful, um, huge moss-hanging baskets oh, that you see oh, all yeah. over the gardens if Begonias, you've been there. yeah. And they are great. They are fabulous. They, they've got to be about... I don't know, 26 inches in diameter. So they're, they're pretty big. Yeah. Anyway, so Dave taught me how to make torpedoes of plants. <laughs> really? Torpedoes? Yes, torpedoes. So that, what's a torpedo? Where you shape it in a torpedo shape to, to jam it into the basket? You have got it, yeah. Oh. You've made torpedoes, Charlie. What? No, no, but I can just imagine that because I've certainly built those baskets, not as big as 26 inches, but still. Oh, yeah, neat. Wow. Yeah, that was really neat. And so um, from Butchard, I went to Van Dusen. Oh, my gosh. And at Van Dusen, I really lucked out with the weather because... Because the laburnum trees were in oh. bloom, so you get those beautiful... Golden um, chains. Uh, 
Yes, racemes of yellow flowers, yeah, and yeah. and that whole sort of alley along the pathway is underplanted with purple alliums, and it just looks oh, fabulous. Wow, fabulous, yeah, beauteous. And of course, in um, in Vancouver as well, I also lucked out because the Himalayan blue poppies were out blooming everywhere, on um, both at Van Dusen and at uh, UBC Botanical Gardens. So Aren't I got to see that good very timing. Rare and very difficult to grow. Yes. Blue poppies. I know. I've personally never succeeded, and I've tried all kinds of different ways of, from seed trying to grow them. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. Neat. It's really, really tricky. Yeah. But then I went on to, um, to Edmonton and uh, uh, toured the Devonian Botanical Garden there, oh, which is part yeah. of the University of Alberta, and talked to their um, staff photographer who gave me all kinds of tips on how to photograph plants um, and and uh, landscapes so oh. that was really great and that actually that is um, posted on the gardenmaking.com blog as well so everyone can find out what uh, the tips how you learned. To, to photograph uh, plants and flowers which is not easy to do at all no no, it's, it's especially a, on a sunny day. Yeah, it's, I mean, we love sunny days, but, you know... The cameras camera don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I learned this years ago when I used to do photography for um, the Garden Guide that we edited back in the White Rose days in my uh-huh. past history. And, you know, you're like you're saying, we love sunny days. We see the garden, we see the depth, we see the color, we see the textures. But the camera doesn't see that at all. Like, our brain is doing so much fixing up along the way there yeah. that the camera our can't do. Yeah, like Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had no idea how much, you know, impact there is that, how much your brain is fixing what you're seeing to really go, so wow, the best that's would gorgeous. Be a, sort of a cloudy day. To, Very cloudy yeah. is yeah, the best. Yeah, cloudy day would be ideal. Or yeah. sunrise. Have you been getting up at dawn to catch some good photos? <laughs> Lorraine, <laughs> knowing you as Sorry, I do. I know you're laughing because you know I'm not a morning person. Yes, but I know as that. As a matter of fact, I was up, I was reporting to work at Butcher Gardens at 6 o'clock in the morning. That was oh, yeah. oh, my good. And not to mention the, uh, you were probably jet lagged and everything else at the well, same actually, time. Well, actually, jet lag worked uh, for me in uh, that instance because it was really sort of 9 o'clock Toronto time. <laughs> but that's, what t- that's when um, mm. the gardening crew at Butcher Gardens starts, starts working. And as a matter of fact, as the season progresses, probably right now, mm-hmm. um, they're starting at 5.30 yeah. in the morning. Because it gets too to hot. Just sort of beat the heat yeah. and, uh, and sort of do all their maintenance work before uh, most of the visitors arrive. Yeah, Lorraine, is there a, a website where folks can uh, log on to, uh, to oh, see uh, all sorts of uh, shots that maybe you've taken along the way? Absolutely. Um, uh, you can log on to the gardenmaking.com forward slash on hyphen tour uh, website, and that's where you'll see all my uh, posts and some photos of the gardens that I've visited so far. You can also go to the Garden Making Facebook page, so just Facebook slash Garden Making. You can go to my own Facebook page, which is Lorraine Flanagan on City Gardening. Um, and, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Canada's Gardens. 
and, um, and you so are, there are lots of ways to follow me. And your uh, personal Twitter, at City Gardening. At City Gardening, Because that's you right. do a blog as well, when you're not traveling the world on behalf of Garden yeah. Making Magazine. Yes, I'm, I must admit that I have not been updating my own blog religiously <laughs> during this tour. So really, okay. if you want to follow along, it's, it's best. best to follow on it's the Garden Making Oh, gee, no, right now, if uh, my wife Di is listening in, uh, she's uh, just full of envy, as am I, because we love nothing better than to board a train and go yeah. for that. But really, traveling by rail is such a, just a blessing, really, isn't it? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Frank, because um, it, it really is. It really sort of slows you down. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way you can rush that train. You're just going to, <laughs> it's going to take two days to get from Vancouver to Edmonton mm-hmm. or from Edmonton yep. to Winnipeg. So you just make the most of that. And mm-hmm. You know, unlike being on an airplane where you're sitting next to someone Mm -hmm. and you hardly say a word to them, right? I mean, obviously. But um, on a train, I call it sort of like Tim Hortons on a rail because everyone gathers for coffee or tea. They're serving um, muffins and fruit all day long. And, of course, there are three (laughs) square meals a day. Oh, my God. And the food is fabulous on the train. So... I came off that train just a little heavier than when I boarded it, I must admit. But with a bunch of new friends. Yeah, exactly. You meet all kinds of people, lots of um, uh, travelers from Australia, actually, um, who really want to take the... the train from, through the Rockies mm-hmm. and through Jasper Park. And the Via Rail train actually has a wonderful panorama car where um, it's all open windows, yeah. so you can really uh, get some fabulous photos. So you got to do all that? I did, oh, I did. We're all so jealous. <laughs> well, good stuff, Lorraine. Now you're back in Toronto, but you're heading east, I believe. Yes, on uh, Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. and thank goodness, Via Rail decided uh, not, not to go on strike. Thank goodness, um, right. I will be boarding uh, the Via Rail train again mm-hmm. um, and going off to Ottawa, where I'm going to be visiting the people at the, the Central Experimental yeah. Farm there. Good. And also sort of across the river um, to the <laughs> Mackenzie um, King Estate. State, which I've never mm, seen before, so that's going to be exciting. Cool. And then um, off to Montreal to visit the Montreal Botanical Garden. And they also have developed in downtown Montreal a sort of a, a walking and biking trail that highlights a lot of the downtown parks, the city parks. Mm-hmm. So I'll be taking that as well. And of course, while I'm at the Montreal Botanical Garden, I'll be visiting the Mosaic Culture um, Exhibition, which is going to be opening, I think, on June... 22nd. I want to go see that. Through yeah. the summer. It's every five years, the Musée Culture. Yeah, it's yeah, very it, cool. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's sculptures. Like it's, where mm-hmm. they've got all those sculptures. Yeah, big wire that, that forms. Planted, oh, yeah, yeah, planted with plants, living, living sculptures. Yeah, exactly. Like with really fine details. Very, very cool. Yeah. Oh, Lorraine, you're just making us more, more jealous every second Sorry. here. So, um,. <laughs> On that note, we're going to let you go. But, of course, everybody who would like to stay in touch and hear where you are and what you're seeing and what you're learning, more importantly, like what's a torpedo, follow (laughs) Lorraine, gardenmaking.com forward slash on hyphen tour is probably the easiest way to keep in touch with you or to follow you, your tweets. At yeah, absolutely. Canada's and please comment um, on the blog postings um, so that I know that you're there because <laughs> I'd love to uh, 
uh, to sort of engage in a conversation and a yeah. discussion um, on these gardens as I go along, too. Well, Lorraine, next time you uh, guest on the show, and I know you're going to be coming back at some point, hopefully you'll add on to that torpedo building and uh, <laughs> tell me how to build a submarine. So <laughs> I'll look forward to that. Aquatics. I'll keep that in mind for you, Craig. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, okay. Lorraine. Happy trails. Thank you so much. Okay. Right. Have okay, a good bye-bye. one. Bye-bye now. Just a great gal. I know she is. Oh, what a a treat that job is. Job, are you kidding me? I know. She was Uh, smart. We're just going to go to break, but there's a, a connection here that to our first or our caller who's online, Hanif from uh, Oshawa, mm-hmm. has information that we were looking for earlier oh, okay. about where to buy Sierra Sil oh, in the Oshawa, Oshawa area. Oh, excellent! So let's go to uh, Hanif. Hey, good morning. Hi, good morning. Morning. Hi, uh, good morning, Charlie. I'm just calling in regards to the guy John. Yes. Uh, there's a store called Feel Good Natural Health and store. Feel Good Natural Health. At 129 King Street East. 129 King East. Okay. Excellent. In Oshawa. Yes. And if you like the phone number. Um, uh, sure. Why not? 905-571-1100. There you go. 11. And right now they have it uh, 15% off. Ooh. Oh, well, hey. Feel Good Natural there Health. There you go. Is that what yes. it's called? Yeah. Excellent. Feel good natural health. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank Hanif. you very much. Okay, Have a great Hanif. day. Very Hi. good. Now we can give a few details about why Hanif and others would be going to that store to pick up Sierra Sill. And I hope John is still listening and that he's remembering that he can get Sierra Sill right in Oshawa at Feel Good Natural Health on King Street. But of course, what is Sierra Sill? A completely natural mineral supplement that both Frank and I take. It's somehow this magical three little pills taken every day. Keep the joints oiled. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it. You know, you go from kind of creaky, squeaky, sore joints to feeling pretty good. Squeaky, squeaky. Squeaky. <laughs> That's tough to say, you know. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> need it for the jaw. So, yeah, jump out of bed. Don't have pain. Continue with activities that you want to do, whether it's gardening or golf or kickboxing or whatever. So, Sierra still has worked for us. It might work for you. For more information, one eight seven seven joint 14 or check the website, sierrasill.ca or go to your local health food store like Feel Good Natural Health on King Street in Oshawa. And we've worked that number out for you, uh, 1-877-564-6847. So we'll be repeating that in the shows to come, but there you go. Uh, no problem getting a hold of those folks out in Vancouver at all. And we're going to return with a, a first-time caller here in the Garden Show in just a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, delighted to be here as sous chef of the garden and uh, welcoming uh, Darina from Etobicoke. Is it true you're a first-time caller, Darina? Hi there, it's Lorena. Oh, Lorena. Lorena, okay. And you are a first-time caller? Yes, I am. Welcome. There you go. Got your wings. <laughs> okay. Charlie is here anxiously awaiting your question. Hi, Charlie. Morning. I usually listen to your call when I'm on, on driving, never at home, and uh, I always want to call. Okay. I have a half an acre of yard, grass. Uh-huh. Half an acre? Wow. In Etobicoke? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, it's on Islington in the back of Islington, mm-hmm. 
Anyway, I have a weed that is taking over my whole lawn. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, I have a book that I went through, and it looks like bird's eye pearl wart. Bird's eye pearl wart, okay. Is it got yellow flowers? No, it, it is, it, it's like a thyme, more like a thyme uh, weed. It looks more like a thyme. Okay. So the question is, <laughs> what can you do? Yes, that, I have a beautiful lawn. Oh. Everybody says no weeds, but this thing has taken over my lawn. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's so many plants that are more vigorous often than our grass plants and work, worm their way in there and kill the grass, whether yes. it's chickweed does that, yeah, black medic does that, many of the, the little veronicas, they'll just work their way right in there. Now, so Something like creeping Speedwell, the, exactly. they look like the boat of, you know, something similar to those two. Right, and Speedwell, of course, is that little Veronica I was just referring to. And there's no question, once you've got a little patch of it, it just starts to go. So yes. tell me, um, have you tried, um, now this is where I won't remember my, my updated names, um, Weed Be Gone. Have you tried any of the herbicides that are currently available for killing weeds in the lawn? No. Okay. I believe it's pr- the proper name is Weed Be Gone, okay. made by Scots, and it is an iron-based herbicide. Okay. The, it, just like the old 2,4-D, or the Killex, we called it, used to work that we could spray in our lawns mm-hmm. any of the broad-leafed weeds, and 2,4-D and Mecaprop, which were the mm-hmm. active ingredients in Killex, would kill the broad-leafed dandelions and plantains, etc., but not kill the grass. Weed to be gone is the same thing. You can spray it in, and it will not hurt your lawn, but it will hurt hurt non-grass plants. Okay. Follow every direction on the package for it to work, though. Sometimes okay. people get so frustrated with some of the the newer, uh, you know, pesticides and herbicides, and say, "Oh, but they don't work." It's very important that you read very clearly and follow the directions to the T. And you will find that these things do work if you follow the directions. And remember. Any herbicide works better when the weed or the plant you're trying to kill is young. So now oh. is a very good time. Now is a good time. Now is a good time because with all this rain, it's got lots of new growth, whether it's weeds or lawns, everything's got a lot of fresh new growth that's full of water. And it, this is by far the easiest time to control uh, these various plants with herbicides if that's what we're trying to do. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll try that because try- it's... It's taken over everything, everything. Yeah, yeah. try it and let us know how that goes, because I, I think you'll find that following the directions, you'll be able to have a big impact. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank you, Lorena. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, there she is, Lorena from Etobicoke. Yeah, it's like um, I have a interlocking walkway into mm-hmm. my front of my house, and I have little tiny alyssum, well, alyssum, which is a flowering plant, sends seeds out every fall. And so little alyssum plants come all in between my unilock. So I go out with this stuff. It's called Pathway Clear or, you know, it's right on Mm -hmm. the package. It shows interlock with weeds growing in the interlock. It's the vinegar, right? Very strong vinegar. Go out there two days ago, sun was shining, spritzing away at my little weeds or alyssum that's popping up. And and it's right before my very eyes. These little weeds are turning yellow. And they're all gone now. Well, there you go. Very effective. You followed the directions. I did. That's my point. Which is what you don't do on this show. (laughs) 
Well, when it, if you're going to spend the money on something that's supposed to have it, you know, cure something, then yeah. at least follow the instructions. Exactly. Right. Uh, we have to take a little bit of a break here. I'm just going uh, just a tad early because we want to squeeze as many calls as we can on. So we'll be back to uh, have a word with Fiona from Port Colborne in just a moment here on The Garden Show. I'm giving a nod to James Patrick Dooley for a little commercial word from our friendly sponsors. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm Frank Proctor here. I'm just giggling because uh, I wish we, we will eventually, I know, have cameras in here. So. Oh, that's going to be very Scary. If the cameras had been on at that particular point, <laughs> all three of us, Charlie, James, and I were rocking and rolling over that little silly... like that, Diddy. Well, I do. I do like it. Hey, Fiona, welcome to the show from Port Colburn. Nice to have you on the air. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I have a question about blue spruce. We bought it when it was only, oh, I'd say maybe two feet at the most. Mm-hmm. It is now approximately 20 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Just gorgeous. The only trouble is, if it's a trouble, it has grown, like, on the bottom. It's mm-hmm. all over the lawn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just gotten so huge. Is there any harm if we chop off some of them bottom branches so that we can mow the lawn? Okay, here's my suggestion. What you're experiencing is not that unusual. It happens to many people. It's that buy a little puppy that turns into a Great Dane (laughs) syndrome. So it's uh, that blue spruces are famous for... People falling in love with them when they're little babies and putting them right in the middle of the front lawn. And sure enough, as you point out, 20 feet tall and at this point probably close to 20 feet wide at the base. Mm -hmm. It's just going to get bigger. Should you uh, raise the bottom canopy, if you will, as in remove the lower limbs? I vote no. Okay. Now, it won't kill the plant to do it, and many people have done it. Because they can't get down their driveway anymore or they can't get in the front door. They have to remove the lower limbs. But remember that the way spruce has evolved over the millennia is with the form you see and branching right to the bottom. So when we have big snowfalls and the snow piles up on the spruce, the spruce is perfectly designed to just shed that snow off the plant all around its root zone below. And it's exactly perfect if you leave it alone. What I would do is I'd get out my edge or my, my spade or whatever, and I would don't even try and grow lawn beneath the spruce. Just make a bed that's a foot out from the, the, the lowest branches now mm-hmm. and recognize that next year you're going to have to go out another foot as it grows. It's just going to get wider and wider over the years. But don't even try and grow grass. Just make an edge. Make a, make a bed below the spruce that has no grass in it, just soil with the spruce standing in the middle. Oh, very good. Okay. And I have a good hint for your your readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, last year, we've lived here close to four years, never had earwigs. Last year, I got earwigs. Just my place was full of them. I have an old Reader's Digest book for bugs, uh-huh. and it suggested take a small can, possibly a half inch, and put in some vegetable oil. Uh-huh. I did that, and you would not believe. I had 20 because I have a big flower bed. I had 20 cans out every day. They were full. Oh, my goodness. Literally full with earwigs. Oof. How much vegetable oil? 
approximately a quarter of an inch. Oh, so not much. So just not, a little bit in the bottom of a can. Yeah, just enough to cover the bottom of the can. And so they would, and you would just sit this can on the surface of the soil. Yeah. And just so they on top where the, where I noticed that they were been chewing on the plants. And they'll know? crawl up the side of the plant of the can and then yep. drop down inside and then and can't get out. Drown or can't get out. It's just yeah. slippery. They, they slide, eh? It's like yeah, they, they drown in the oil. <laughs> what a clever girl. Thank That's you very good. much, Fiona. I like that. You're welcome. Okay. Thank have yourself you. a wonderful uh, and weekend. You have a good Father's Day, Frank. Oh, thank you so much. You're Thanks. welcome. Okay. Thanks for your call, Fiona. That's Bye. great. Um, that's a heck of a, a solution. I, wow. Small can. So simple, huh? Quarter inch vegetable oil. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Charlie's marking this down, you know. Mm. You should be writing a, your own book sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, sometime. Really? Yeah. Good idea. Get on to that. Uh, <laughs> Janet in Toronto, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, I wanted to make use of my seed, my plants when they go to seed, um, my grass when there's seed on it, and my sorrel when there's seed on it. Is the seed viable when it's still green, or do you have to wait for it to turn brown? Uh, well, you wouldn't typically collect when grass grows. I, I just want to cut it back in, or, or let the sorrel fall into the garden. That's right. So that's what I'm going to say. You wouldn't try collecting it and drying no, no. it. Yeah, yeah. Basically, what you do is let it mature on the plant, and it will then broadcast with the wind and mm. fall down in amongst the other grass seeds and grow. So it's really just a matter of leaving your lawn a little bit longer. Keep in mind, though, that when we see the lawn grass grasses going to seed, uh, at this time of year, typically that is an annual grass that is doing oh. that. So that's the only thing that's kind of not great because obviously it looks good early in the spring, but it won't be there next year. It's one of those funny, uh, funny things with annual bluegrass. But that—that's what we're often seeing bloom um, seeding. Sorry, sh- uh, showing the seed heads at this time of year. Oh, my lawn is pathetic. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's it's mature when it's brown. That's right. Oh, well, you mentioned to another lady, does, does your weed in your lawn have little yellow flowers? I have that one, too. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, get that one out. <laughs> What's it called? Well, it could be, if it depends if it's got leaves that look a bit like clover. Oh, it's called cool. Black Medic. And actually, it's so easy to pull that plant because oh. it's got a real serious taproot. Okay, and okay. with all the good moisture in our soil right now, right. you just pick up the, the leaves, yeah. you know, the stems. They lie right on the ground. Right. And you, you follow the, the little stems back to the where Main it's coming, root, yeah, yeah, the root. And by that time, you've got a handful of stems in your hand. And just with a screwdriver or whatever tool, loosen that root and the whole thing comes out. It's like magic. You can just fill Great. a bushel basket real quick with that Great. stuff. Well, thanks very much, then. All right. Thank thanks you so for joining for the show, call. Janet. Thank you, then. All righty. Um, we have time, I believe, for one more call. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to Angie, who's calling in from Caledon. Good morning, Angie. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. I cut back my... Um, peony bush, I've spent flower, not my peony, my uh, lilac bush. Uh, okay. I've spent flowers a couple of Sundays ago, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if it's too late now to, to trim it and bring it back. Oh, not at all. No, you've still got so time. The, the new buds don't form yet? No, not yet. The flower buds for the lilacs will be forming in August, September. Okay. And they will be forming on new growth. So that's why, you, if you do some trimming now, that still gives a chance for some new growth to, to grow, and then the buds will form on that. Very good. Okay. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And the gee whiz, wow. uh, that kind of winds things up for the moment. Um, we are so swift. I got to tell you about the wonderful event I'm taking part in tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Huggins, who owns. 
Kingsway Boxing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It you do is, this. You wear the full tux for this, right? Well, I've got it in the car yeah, right now. I think and I saw it. After uh, I do the uh, Saturday Sinatra show, that's, I'll be changing into my tux right here at the station and zipping along to uh, the old mill because mm-hmm. – that is the venue that is now being used. But this is a marvelous thing. She it's raised a fundraiser. over. God, it was thirty, no, fifty-six thousand dollars last, last year. year. She raised for the Princess Margaret uh, Hospital, Hospital Foundation Cancer oh, Foundation. Cool. So uh, they will be the recipients again this evening. I'll be the uh, ring announcer, mm-hmm. and we've got fighters going to have six bouts of fighters who are local businessmen who get in, and sometimes the in in many cases they have not. Fought uh, ever and it's boxing? in a ring. Did you boxing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, they've wow. got headgear on, but yeah, yeah. all that sort of jazz. But they, they're they serious about this, you know? Wow. And it's going to be fun. So people like bet on the outcomes? Is that uh, where the money comes no, in? Or how does it no, work? No. Uh, actually, uh, people have bought it's tables. An, right, I get you know, And then it's an there are, thing. oh, there's yeah, going to be all sorts bar, of stuff, open, but you know, food. auctioning yeah, off this, yeah, that, yeah, and the other. But it's just a tremendous job. Well, I'll tell you. Kudos to mm. Jennifer Huggins, who's basically taking this and run with it. Wow, and very I, I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to it very much. And it's too bad you couldn't get the tax receipt for the fifty-six thousand dollars. Oh, eh? I'll Ask, be suggesting that one. I think. <laughs> okay. Think of the opportunities. <laughs> Charlie, right. been a pleasure. Yes, today. thank you, Frank. Enjoy. Hey, happy Father's Day tomorrow. Thank you. And happy Father's Day to my father and all the fathers out there. To Kelly and Toby, happy Father's Day yeah, in that's advance right. to you guys. We're having special barbecue for my dad tomorrow, and uh, looking forward to and getting out into the sunshine. All right. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm heading off with Di tomorrow to drive to uh, Kitchener-Waterloo oh, to see her dad, her dad, who next month will be 99. 99. Yeah. Well, good Lloyd. on him. All right. Well, happy Father's Day, like I said. Thanks, for everybody, for all the good questions, good suggestions. We had some great tips from some of our callers. And thank you, Frank. You're the best sous chef. And James Patrick Dooley couldn't yeah. do it without him. <laughs> so thank you to you, too. And uh, we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.